Welcome back to the City Rev Life Podcast. I'm Pastor Justin. I'm here with Pastor Roby, and we are continuing our series. Uh, we're talking about church hurt and uh, what it's like to experience it. How do you personally deal with it? Uh, and so we're continuing that conversation today. Yeah, in fact, I, I think we're really wrapping up the conversation with this episode and really talking about how do you get to a place where you're personally thriving again mm-hmm. on the other side of church hurt in your walk with the Lord, but also in your relationship to church. So that is a healing process, and, and how do you walk through that? Cool. So this is the how do you how does your wound scab over, heal up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, the scar that's left? Because those are real hurts, and right. they're um, and it's hard. You know, the Proverbs talks about it, no one knows another man's joy or another man's sorrow, and so it's hard to compare one person's church hurt to another. There's right. just too many factors. But what we all can say and agree is that the the hurt is real, and um, it's important to talk about how do you how do you heal from that? Yeah. And what I'd say is if you're just jumping in with us on this conversation, you might find it helpful to listen to the previous episodes where we've covered it more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. This one episode in isolation is not a comprehensive treatment of it. Not that what we've said is comprehensive, but it will give more context. So you're jumping in kind of here at the tail end, but maybe set up for us. Um, how do we frame? What does it look like to begin that process of healing and to come out the other side of processing through our our pain we've experienced in church life uh, and growing from it. Sure. And I, I think we just start with just validating if you've if you've experienced church hurt, um, those are those are real wounds. And I just want to say it like this. And this is a way that um, a mentor of mine said it shared it with me. Um, and this was validating and in, 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 in so healing is that when we think of the passion of Christ, we so often think about the whip and mm. uh, you know the nails and the crown of thorns and the fists that he got punched in the face with and mm. all of just the vi- brutal violence that he suffered. But that's not all he suffered in the passion. And, and truly, we should honor the Lord for those physical scars. But he sustained a lot of emotional and relational scars. He was yeah. slandered. He was falsely accused. Betrayed. He was betrayed by a friend. Mm. Uh, he was abandoned. He was denied. And all of those are just as legitimately part of the passion. And so just to validate the wounds that often we sustain, we're, we're blessed to not be in a, a part of the world that faces persecution to a physical degree. But when we do the work of the Lord, we're all told that all who pursue godliness will be persecuted. I think that's in, mm. to, Paul says that to Timothy. Yeah. So there is very likely persecution that you have experienced or there's wounds that you have experienced. And I, I say that to validate the pain, not to posture us as, as if we are com- totally the victim in the situation. I think we should always assume that we have also hurt others. And mm. I think we should always assume that uh, we're not we're not blameless. I think we start from that assumption that there's some way that maybe we've contributed. But I want to say that just to start with validating that church hurt is it, it is very painful and it's very real. And what the Lord wants us to do is He wants us to find healing mm-hmm. and find forgiveness. And really, forgiveness in the end is not for the other person. It's really for us. It's how it's part of how he has set us free 
and wants us to find freedom. And so that's really what we're going to talk about is how do you move towards forgiveness? Because that's not a little thing. Yeah. And I think the first major barrier or obstacle to overcome is the obstacle of anger. Mm-hmm. Because anger is such a, in many ways, um, to be expected emotion mm-hmm. after you've been you've been harmed in some right. way, wronged in some way, um, ha- had some experience. There's anger. And so how do you get over that hump? What does that look like to deal with the anger that comes along with the pain you experience? Absolutely. And I think it's a great place to start. The Bible does not say, do not be angry. That's not what the Bible says. Hmm. There are plenty of times that anger is justified. Jesus got angry. Anger in and of itself is not sin. Um, a heart of cursing or hatred is sin There's or lashing out in anger. But this is what the Bible says about anger when it comes to these types of situations of disagreement or hurt. In Ephesians 4, 26, it says, be angry. Mm. It's actually telling us that, you know, be angry. Uh, I think that's a command. Yeah. Um, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So there's a lot there, but let's just for the sake of the time, let's just frame it like this. There are times you're going to be angry and that is justified and um, warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean we have the license to sin in our anger. So a lot mm-hmm. of times we justify that. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. I was just upset. Well, that's sinning in my anger. And so we can lash out. There's a lot the Bible says about lashing out with 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 anger. So it's okay to be anger angry, but at some point, we don't want the sun to go down on our anger. We don't want to permanently stay in that anger. We don't want to, anytime we think of that that spiritual leader or that that person at that church that you are in a small group with that hurt you or that that mm-hmm. uh, that um, small group leader or that ministry leader or or just seeing the name of that church anytime, just seeing that if it makes me feel angry. At some point, I want to be able to have released that anger because what it says is staying in that anger gives a foothold for the devil. And so it's one thing to be angry. It's another thing for that anger to kind of cement and harden into bitterness. And so that months or years later, whenever I see that person, I can just immediately recall that whole record of wrongs. And so um, we do want to deal with that anger really for our own sake. Yeah. And if you don't confront that part of it, the way in which anger can start to just seep and spread throughout your personal life and consume you and sink you down into just a real dark place. And that's kind of what's hinted at there in Ephesians 4. Like there is an enemy, there's an accuser, Mm -hmm. and anger is one of those locations, those places where the enemy tries to do some of his most sinister work in just sowing those thoughts and lies and further demonizing people in our minds and leading us down a path that's not towards life yeah and let's let's just pause on that for just a second let's just talk about unaddressed anger that turns into bitterness Hmm. what that does how the enemy uses that there's a lot of ways in one way it it makes us hurt other people it's out of anger that we 
we talked about this in other episodes, can create a rebellion or division, which is a big deal. Mm. It's out of anger that we can do to back to that person the same sins they did to us. Yeah. But it's not just that. We're aware of how anger hurts other people because we've experienced it. But even anger, just not outwardly expressed, but just simmering in my own heart, that can do all kinds of the devil can do all kinds of things in my heart and mind mm. that are so unpleasant and so painful. I, I might be angry at a person who's at work somewhere across town. They don't know it, but it's ruining my day. And I'm, I'm miserable in my anger and it's, it's they're they're not, but I am. Yeah. And so I don't want that in, in my heart. It also makes me more susceptible to the lies of the devil. The devil is a liar. He's the, mm-hmm. the father of lies. And so what bitterness does is it makes me susceptible to that whispering about that person. And all of a sudden that person goes from being a brother in Christ God sees them as a child mm-hmm. of a child of God. That's how God sees them. That's how I want to see them. But when that bitterness sinks in and hardens, that person becomes a monster. Mm-hmm. And the devil is filling in all these blanks. Oh, do you see that they didn't talk to you this weekend? Or, oh, do you see they're yeah. talking to that person? They're probably talking about you. And oh, I bet the reason they did this is because this, this, and this. And that person, when there was legitimate hurt, just expands and grows until that person has been transformed and morphed from being how God sees them as a child of God and a brother or sister in Christ that deserves love and grace and that Jesus died for Mm. to becoming a a hideous demonic monster that is only used by the devil. And so that bitterness makes us so open to the really sinister lies of the devil. And so we do not, we don't want bitterness left unaddressed in our lives. Yep. And there's a similar dynamic with bitterness um, that we have when we find something we enjoy and love. We love to share what we enjoy and love and experience. Um, You know, part of enjoying something is praising that thing and sharing somebody else. Hey, you have to see this experience. C.S. Lewis points that out uh, about the nature of praise. But bitterness, kind of the reverse, anger, loves company uh, and has this temptation and tendency to seek out other people to in you know to use a metaphor poison with our our bitterness yep yep you're right and hebrews talks about that in hebrews 12 14 says strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the lord see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of god and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled and so um, we want to deal with with that with that bitterness, and so we really want to um, move through move towards uh, forgiveness. and And I think that's let's talk about let's go now to talking about forgiveness. and And before we talk about this, I do want to mm. just give a caution. I heard a great podcast recently um, by mm. Tim Keller about his upcoming book on on forgiveness. And uh, obviously, the book's not out yet. I'm very excited to read it. But Did you speak to him on the phone about it? <laughs> I wish I spoke to him on the phone. No, I, I listened to the podcast. I definitely recommend it. Um, but the caution was really good. A lot of times, churches, we, we, we talk about forgiveness because it's anchored to the gospel. But um, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It takes time. And there's healing. And churches should never, especially if you've been dealt church hurt, 
it, we, you can't go to that person and be like, have you forgiven yet? You need to forgive. Forgive now. Keep forgiving. Because that person's been wounded. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to deal another wound to that person by saying, you haven't forgiven. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And especially if the person's the perpetrator. <laughs> like, well, you need to forgive me. Well, like now you're sinning against them again. Like they they just need forgiveness. You, on, this, on one hand, Ephesians does say, to me with the one with the anger, not to let the sun go down on my anger. I want to deal with that quickly. But let's acknowledge that there's hurt and there may be people that just need the time with the Lord um, to heal. And the other caution I would say is um, forgiveness is not to absolve someone of accountability. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think forgiveness can be used maybe in a, in a, in a church setting uh, in particular because of the high value for forgiveness as if there doesn't need to be accountability. There does, people need to be held accountable for their actions. Yeah. If someone's hurt someone else, they need to be held accountable. That is a godly thing to do. Um, and that forgiveness doesn't mean that that person is not held accountable yeah. and uh, facing the consequences for their sin. Can I repeat back to you what you're sharing? I want to make sure. sure I understand it. So you're talking about forgiveness in a, in a sense that's deeper and richer than well, I went to them and I, you know, in one case I said, I'm sorry, or they said, you know, they forgive me. Um, you know, what we mean by forgiveness is something deeper than just on the surface. Yeah, I forgive you. I forgive you. Right. There is a heart healing that needs to happen when a wound has been dealt to me. That is a work of God's transforming grace mm. that is often a process of many times coming to the Lord in prayer and sharing with the Lord my anger, my frustrations, my emotions, the wounds that I've had, and allowing the Holy Spirit to soften my heart, right. remind me of God's grace towards me, and empower me to be able to demonstrate that mm -hmm. grace to that person. That that type of forgiveness is a process and not so much an instantaneous, oh yeah, I forgive you. Uh, right. And you know, if we're honest with ourselves, the the place of coming to forgiveness, it takes time. And so then maybe walk us through, is that, is that before I jump ahead, is that kind of what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I think that's well put. We want something that's authentic and we don't want to demand forgiveness from people. Right. And we want to hold accountability. We want to, that forgiveness is not saying they're not held accountable for what they've done. And that's such a good observation because I feel like sometimes we say, but I've forgiven them you know, but really we haven't. Right. And in our hearts, we still have a grudge. We right. still are bitter towards them, but right. we've said we forgave them. Right. And we're just trying to act as if we've forgiven them. And we're just denying the reality. And I, what I'm hearing you saying is, you know, we should not be so, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, as though you could just wave a magic right. wand, right? Um, we should pursue forgiveness. We need to work towards it, but we need right. to be honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And be real with the thoughts in our minds and right. hearts and not play pretend. Right. Absolutely. Um, so let, let's walk through then forgiveness. These are just the categories that uh, have been helpful for me in my life. Um, there's maybe other ways of looking at it or categorizing it um, that I've heard, but these are just three ways that uh, has been helpful for me. Um, and so uh, it's three R words, release, reconcile, and restore. Um, we should always release almost always pursue reconciliation and sometimes restore. And so here's how, how this works. Release is an inner work in the heart where 
not because a person deserves it mm. and not because I'm emotionally <laughs> excited about it, but because of what the Lord has done for me, because mm-hmm. I have been forgiven much, I at a, in a moment I go before the Lord and I say, okay, I, I release them. I visualize it and I've heard others teach it like this. They're locked in my cage. I'm holding them accountable for the sins and I have their record of wrongs. And I say, I keep them locked in my cage, but I say, I'm, I'm going to let them out. I'm no longer going to lay claim over those sins. I'm not going to rehearse those sins and keep that list fresh. I'm not going to re- rehash those things in my mind every time mm. I see them or their name pops up on social media or someone mentions their name. Uh, I'm I'm no longer going to, in my heart, continue to hold those sins against them. I'm going to release them. I'm going to release mm-hmm. those sins. And the only reason I would do that is because I have been released of many sins. And honestly, right. um, the two barriers to doing that are, are twofold, I think, primarily. One is self-righteousness, mm. is where I say, I would never do that. How could they do that? And so what I've tried to do when I sense that self-righteousness in my heart is I've tried to go before the Lord and confess to him times that I have done that same sin that's been done to me mm. to the Lord at least and maybe to others. Mm. And honestly, it, um, almost always I can find some version of that that I have done before the Lord. And once I, I really dismiss the self-righteousness that I have any claim of sinlessness myself and that I need grace, Mm. my heart softens and I realize that uh, I can extend grace. And so self-righteousness is a huge barrier to forgiveness. The second barrier to that releasing part of the forgiveness process is fear. And sometimes I hold on to that list of wrongs Mm. to protect myself from that person. And I think that's what Peter had in mind when he said to Jesus, how often should we forgive? Seven times, which has, was already exceeding what the rabbis of the day would say. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. In, in other words, I keep forgiving because I know that Jesus will protect me. And that does not mean I'm a doormat. That doesn't mean I don't set up boundaries, as we'll talk about on these other things two R's. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean we keep signing up. Like if you, you know, you know, the, if you slap me in the cheek, it doesn't mean that I, I come every day and turn my other cheek. Hey, slap this one again. It doesn't mean that, uh, that we just continually just sign up for abuse. That's not what that's saying. Um, but we trust the Lord to protect us and, um, and we don't let um, bitterness be the thing we're holding on to, to protect us. The reason why I want to do this is not even for the sake of the other person. It's first and foremost for Jesus, and it's also for myself. I don't want that bitterness to be a poison in my life, ruining day upon day upon day um, with just that pain and that suffering of re-experiencing that injury. So I think that first R is a private moment with the Lord. And for me, it's it's like a line in the sand moment. Like mm-hmm. I get to that point where I'm saying, okay, this is the day I'm forgiving them. I'm releasing them. That's, that's so important instructive and i think that there might be even people who are listening that um there might be other areas of your life where you're experiencing hardship or pain Mm -hmm. difficulty and or you might be just in some way angry towards people who have not done you any wrong but the reason you're doing it is because you're angry about Mm -hmm. something else you're holding on to unforgiveness and there's just collateral damage in Mm -hmm. the unhealth of being a bitter person. So you walk us through release, walk us through reconcile. 
So yep, release again, that might take a long time. I mean, that might, um, uh, depending on the person and the, the situation, that might even require some counseling um, with, uh, yeah. sitting down with a counselor like that, that can be significant, but I want to release them. I'll, almost always, especially if it's with a Christian brother, I want to reconcile. There are times when that's not appropriate. Um, and I think we, if in, in certain circumstances, um, there may be someone who's abusive, you know, we would not, if, you know, to give a really extreme example, if someone's been raped, they don't need to sit down and reconcile with their rapist, you know, like that would be a very extreme version. So you're, you're, there's a difference between releasing and reconciling. Reconciling, yeah, sorry. Reconciling is sitting down with that person and and burying the hatchet, so to speak. And it's basically saying, I, I, I forgive you. And or maybe um, going on record, here's where I was hurt. Um, and ideally saying, is there any way that I have hurt you? And giving that person, because mm. I should always assume that I've contributed to it. Um, mm. And I, I wanna, as much as it depends on me, as scripture says, live at peace with everyone. I, I think that a lot of the usually the time we reason we don't reconcile we're like well they won't listen anyway and that's probably just coming from a place of of fear and because mm -hmm. it takes a lot of courage to reconcile it does but man when someone is faithful to the Lord and sits down and 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 and, and sits down and reconciles so many times I've seen some really beautiful things happen so in the context of church reconcile. hurt reconciliation in in this sense would look like I've released the person in the context of church. Mm -hmm that has harmed me that i've experienced pain with i've i'm for i've forgiven them i've worked right. through that before the lord reconciliation is i want to set up a meeting with this person yes come together yes and and sharing those right those those thoughts and, and releasing the person is not dependent on reconciling i've heard people say well i can't forgive them they've never asked for forgiveness and that's not true mm. uh, i that's forgiveness is between me and the lord um, that's independent of sitting down and reconciling. In fact, I want to do a lot of work with the Lord before I sit down and reconcile. But right. yeah, that's sitting down. We always release. We usually, especially if it's a fellow Christian, we should assume that we should sit down and try and reconcile. Okay, and then walk us through restore. Restored is where the relationship gets back to where it was. It's fully restored. And this happens sometimes. Uh, we see this in scripture. Paul and Barnabas, um, we have no indication that their working relationship was ever, ever restored, but they were, were having a, a fight about uh, John Mark, and Paul and John Mark were actually restored. And so sometimes this is possible, um, sometimes it's not possible this side of heaven. And so that takes a lot of trust to be rebuilt for the relationship to be restored. The reason why those are separate is because sometimes when we say forgive the person, they think we're saying restore. Well, I could you know, say that friend at church hurt me. And it's like, and, and they're feeling the Bible say to forgive them. Like, well, I can't be their best friend again. It's like, well, the Bible's not telling you to be their best friend again. But the Bible is saying to release them. Yeah. Um, as to where that relationship goes from there, that, that depends on how a reconciliation goes and it depends on how trust is rebuilt. Yeah, that's helpful. And so just maybe close us up as we wrap up this conversation about just personally processing, finding healing. We talked through release, reconcile restore obviously restore is the best right that's what oh, yeah. we we want in most instances yep. uh we'd say restore is kind of the goal sometimes we we have to stop at re reconcile and sometimes mm -hmm. we stop at release mm -hmm. um but we pursue that as, right. as far as it depends on us but maybe just last closing thoughts before yeah we last up. last closing thoughts are uh, the the devil wants to tear down the church and and um he he wants to 
maim our lives and he loves to isolate people. He love a, a wolf would love to get a sheep all alone from the flock. So don't give up on church. You're not designed for that. You're a part of the body and don't mm -hmm. give up on church. Don't let the enemy win by sowing anger and bitterness. Mm -hmm. And of all people in the world, we should be the best at walking through the process of forgiveness because we have been forgiven so much. And so pursue that process of forgiveness and let's model to the world and let's experience the freedom that Christ provides. All right. Well, I do believe that wraps up our Church Hurt podcast series. Um, we hope that this content has been helpful for you. And uh, again, like we've said on previous episodes, if there's a way that this content might be helpful to a friend, someone you know, a family member, be sure to share it with them. Uh, but for now, we'll see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our CityRev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.